This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we are uh, looking at uh, catching from God, uh, which is uh, one way of saying how do we help our kids perceive God's communications to them, but what happens when the way our kids connect with God is different then how we connect with God? How do we deal with that? Uh, we're also uh, answering a question uh, about um, parenting as a church leader and how do you explain that to your kid, especially if they're under five? How do you help them understand your role in church? And I also just wanted to do a little hug in a couple of moments with people who are frontline workers, key workers, those of us who are are looking at uh, trauma and real difficulty in this COVID season. How do we parent for faith in the midst of, of coping with that and in trying to explain that to our kids? How do we help um, our kids find connection with God in that season? And as always, a question to start an interesting conversation. Obs. <laughs> Is that a word? Obs. Like, obviously, but op- anyways, sorry. <laughs> um, I just wanted to start off um, by talking about this whole um, issue of, of catching from God. If catching from God is a new concept for you, uh, feel free to go to our website, parentingforfaith.org. Just type in chat and catch and uh, you will see all about it. Um, but really, it's just that um, our job as parents is to help facilitate our kids talking to God in a way that this is natural and comfortable for them and helping them know that God chats back and that they can perceive God's communications and they can have those conversations with God back and forth and it will look different from everybody. Um, but we've had some uh, questions on, well, what does it look like if my natural back and forth with God is different than my kids back and forth with God? Can I coach them through something that is so vastly different from me? And so if as a parent, you're someone who has a very quiet um, connection with God, a prayer life that um, that seems to be much more about uh, emotions or about reading um, scripture or about you know being in nature, and you have a kid who's super chatty with God, and you're like, well, that just is so foreign to me. Or the other way around, um, where you're quite chatty and you feel like you get um, quite clear communication from God, but your kid's sort of saying that actually they just uh, really have a, just a pervading sense of God's presence but not a lot of, you know, words or clear communication. Is that okay? And all of those questions. And so I just, I guess for those of us who feel like our kids are so different from us in this spiritual area, I just wanted to encourage you really. Um, here's how to help your kid find their own pattern with God, particularly if it appears that it's different than yours. Um, one, I just wanted to assure you that everybody's communication <laughs> is different. Uh, We all have our own patterns of communication uh, with God back and forth and how we perceive, and that's okay and that's natural. And so um, one of the best gifts you can give to your kids in this area of of learning their own pattern of catching God's communications is to help them know that no one person's experience is the 
normal way. <laughs> no one, you know, my experience of God is going to be different than your experience of God. And that's okay. We're all on our journey. We're all on our patterns of finding how we work. And that's fantastic. And that's great. And so highlighting all the different ways that you can catch God's communications. Again, we talk about this through the course and through the website. There's a sort of thing of how you can perceive God's communications through other people, through scripture, through um, pictures that drop in your head, through your imagination, through um, through um, just a sense of God's emotions, through your skin, through dreams, so many different ways that we see in scripture that God communicates. And it will be different for everybody else. And so to just normalize for them the beautiful variety of God's communication can be really helpful so that neither of you feel like you feel like you're not succeeding if it's not happening the way the other person is perceiving. Um, the common core thing is that we're all blessed with the fact that God communicates with us and that he and we can find our own way of doing it together. And how you'll do it is different than how I'm doing it. But no matter what, that communication bears incredible benefits in our life because it's how we gain access to who God is. So how is that working out for you? And so to just normalize the variety can be really, really helpful. Uh, the second thing uh, that can be really helpful is if you don't know the different ways to invite people to talk about it or to notice something on an online sermon and say, oh, that's really interesting. I've never met anyone who caught from God that way. And to just sort of broaden that conversation about all the different ways so that they know that their experience of God um, can be similar to, to other people's, although it will be unique to their own experience. So it's this breath of saying, yes, you fit in this massive spectrum, but it will be it will be unique to you as you continue to develop it. Um, but also it can help to pivot to this understanding that we can communicate to our kids that we're all on our journey. And I would love to not say, look like me, your communication with God will look like me. But for me to say, teach me what it's like for you and how is it working for you and, and what's going great and what's going not so great. And how can I affirm and facilitate what's going on. So if a kid really, really, really connects with God in nature, that's their favorite part. When they go out in nature, that's when they really get a sense of God. For us to be like, nope, church is supposed to be the center of your communication with God. And that's why it's important is going to invalidate their experience and, and tell them that what they're doing is wrong rather than saying, oh, I find that absolutely fantastic. I know that when I'm struggling, I really want to connect with God. And my instinct is to go to church. But that sounds like when you're really needing a, a connection and that filling up with love and peace and God's peace that, that you want to go out in nature. How can I help you get out in nature more? Or how can I help you find those places so that when you feel like, oh, I really want to connect with God, you can get there. What can I do to help you get there better? Because I want you and God to have a great conversation. Um, I lived in, in in quite central London for a while, and there's not a lot of nature there, but there was a tree that I liked, or there was a particular view of the river, a route home that I used to take. And there's always ways of, of facilitating what your kid likes, whether it's books, whether it's peace, whether it's music, I'm just saying, help me understand how it works. And how can I help you um, have access to it um, when you need it? You know, sometimes when our kids are upset, we're like, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. And I know some kids who are like, I just need some quiet with God. And you're like, okay, I'll tell you what, why don't you go have time with God and then come back and tell me. And 
our kids just need us to not only deeply respect their communications back and forth with God, but to help them know that it's okay to try stuff and it to not work or for them to have connection in one way and it changes. Uh, and so it, it, it's about asking good questions and affirming and facilitating them take the next step. And so whether they're two or whether they're 45, uh, just being on board saying, I love you and God going on your journey. And I trust that you and God can hear each other and know each other and communicate. And I'm just here to help you and to create space for it and to answer questions when you get stuck. Um, so I'm here to help. And how can I help? And how can I learn from how you're doing it? And it's just that humble walking alongside that can really help. So don't worry about saying, ah, my kid does it differently than me and I can't teach them. Your job doesn't have to be teaching them. It's saying that I'm on my own journey. You're on your own journey. Here's the things to consider. Here's the things to know. And uh, I can help you get unstuck if you need it. Um, yeah. So there you go. Don't be worried about it. You got it. at Parenting for Faith are very passionate about helping church leaders who are also parents. It's a weird parenting context. Uh, we recently released a book called Parenting as a Church Leader, Helping Your Family Thrive. And several times a year, we run a watch party of four sessions designed for us to help our children flourish as part of a ministry family. Uh, we recently received this question and asked author Annie Wilmot, the author of Cold Cups of Tea and Hiding in the Loo. Yes, that's the name of her book. It's brilliant about her experience as parenting as a church leader, and in particular, how she explains her role to her under fives. This was her answer. Uh, so we sometimes talk in Parenting for Faith about framing and how it's really important to explain things to children that that helps them feel prioritized and uh, know that they are still an important part of your world. I just wanted to ask you how you explain your role in church and what you do to your children. So your children are, sorry, I should have said uh, under fives. Uh, yeah. So how do, how do you explain what you're doing in church to under fives? I think, so I thought about framing a lot, just church in general, before I even thought about explaining what I do. So I would um, hold my kids lots in the worship and things and bring him back in early from kids group so I could explain what was happening and explain mm -hmm. what worship was and point out how different people are doing different things or if someone is praying from the front particularly if it's quite wordy so I can explain that we're chatting to God and what kind of thing they're talking about and then we might do our own own prayers mm. um so I spent lots of time thinking about how I frame a church service um and then so within that my Role, roles at church, so um, preaching and service leading for the things I do at the moment most. Um, mm. And I'll explain that similar to how um, their daddy, who's a worship pastor, is helping people connect with God through worship, that I'm going to talk about the Bible and about um, what God's been speaking to me about to help people connect their hearts to God. Mm. Um, and I think probably I don't even go into it that much more than that and i'll say to them i mean it's similar to how when we have conversations and we talk about what the bible says and what god's saying so just to keep it really simple in terms of that and it, and when it comes to service leading um i'll just talk about how it's helping people to know what's happening um and that i'll be listening to god whilst i'm i'm leading the service so that i can um share stuff that i think god might be saying to people yeah um and just explain to them, you know, I'm just talking talking through what's happening and explaining so people know 
know what's going on. And it mm. just helps them to have to think less about that so they can connect um, their hearts with God. And that's probably the language I use most, you know, just helping people connect with God. Mm. Um, and it's been similar with, for, so I also work as a funeral pastor, um, meeting families and taking services generally um, at crematoriums. Um, and that is a role that I've talked through with them a lot as well. Very similar to the service leading, um, but often with families who aren't Christians. They might have an aspect of religion in their service. They might have a hymn or the Lord's Prayer, but they'll say they didn't necessarily believe in God or they're not sure. Yeah. Um, so I spend a lot of time framing for my kids that we're putting a service together that's going to help a family to say goodbye to someone that they love. Mm. Um, and that we're... Um, Help, helping to make sure that service reflects who the person was or that it shares who the person was and what their their life was like. Um, yeah. But it's just, yeah, that it's helping the people to show how much they love someone generally um, for through, yeah, through a service. Um, but similar in terms of like putting, putting something together and then signposting people through it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just explain it very simply to my kids. And I think it is just actually figuring out for myself, what actually am I doing? What is the goal of this thing that I'm doing? Yeah. And how do I put it in really simple words than just tell my kids? Yeah. Um, which then for me, I probably explain it in exactly the same way to adults than when I talk about it. Yeah. The, the simple language is always the best. And there is kind of a concept, isn't there, that if you uh, can explain something to a child, then you really understand it yourself. Which yeah, is quite yeah. challenging, but quite true. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And what about if they're um, not really engaging with that? So a conversation we've been having mm. in our house recently is um, we have, particularly in a prayer meeting before the service, but in church as well. Uh, mm. So I'm doing a lot of framing, whispering, you know, watch what God's doing. This, per- what's, this is what this person's saying. And here are the, I'm going to whisper you the next line to the song that hasn't come Mm -hmm. up on the screen so you can sing and that kind of thing. And sometimes they absolutely love it and uh, they're really responding to that and joining in with it. And quite a lot of the time, they basically don't respond at all. Like they Mm. look like they're not that bothered. Um, What would your take on that be? Do you persevere and just keep doing the same thing and kind of wait Mm -hmm. and see when it clicks do you change your approach a bit and try and change how you explain it or just think okay this isn't really helping them I won't you know I won't spend time doing that anymore um I would probably be prone in the moment to think this isn't helping them we'll not do this anymore but I have been very challenged by that recently to persevere even when it looks like they're not getting it the number of times that in the week, probably not even the week after, like weeks and weeks after a service has happened, when my eldest has then said something and I've been like, oh my goodness, you totally took that in and you've been yeah. pondering it. Um, what did he say? So even last night he said he had was pretending he had like a water pistol or something and went, was like, pretend to spray me. And he was like, that's God's water. It's really good for you. And I was like, what and then he was like talking about you know the verse about living water and yeah he was telling the samaritan woman that she could have living water and he'd like it just the fact that he'd brought that into his play but it's not something we've talked about for a couple of weeks at church yeah um, and it was a service where i really felt he hadn't listened to a thing yeah um, so i think i and he does that a lot and i feel really challenged to think even if it looks like he's not listening he's taking in so much of this stuff um and interesting the 
um, talking through the lines of songs, mm. I have found I found an interesting thing with them because I I did that once, and I remember once he like sat down during the worship, and I said, "Do you not understand what I'm singing?" He said, "No, these are for adults. I can't read any of these. I can't read." Yeah. And he and I'd never really thought about that before. That for him, as soon as words come up on a screen, he thinks this isn't for the children because I can't connect with any of this. Yeah. Um, and that was an interesting challenge for me to figure out what I think even for him, if if I read the words out in advance, he doesn't he still feels like it's an adult thing that I'm trying to help him engage with, but it's not for him. Yeah. Um, and it can feel like producing the behaviour and performing, but not really yeah. helping them connect. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. Yeah. Um so this, this this last week, and to anyone else who watched, they probably would think, What on earth are her kids doing? Um he's just gotten into street dance and so he's really enjoying like sort of doing some of his street dance moves, I guess. Um, <laughs> but he, he, um, I talked, I said, do you want to come and dance during the worship? And he was doing some of his street dance and like, it just was totally engaged what was going on, but was just doing it in that way. And actually he's very mm-hmm. physical. So for him, finding ways to help him move his body in the worship, I think is, is really helpful. Um, yeah. But that's like, maybe we've only just done this week. And the little, our littlest loves the ribbons that they have at the front of church. So he will always mm-hmm. be, waving those around um but yeah and it's something to i think the whole when it can be disheartening to think they've not got it to keep trying that thing but also to keep trying other things um yeah because obviously there are some songs that he knows the words to do when they don't come up on even when he can't read them on the screen because we sing them at home yeah um whereas if there's a new song actually it'll be a different way to connect him in with that one mm, yeah no, that makes sense yeah. our wildcard section I just wanted to take a few moments to talk to people who faced trauma recently some some of us parents have jobs that put us needing to see some pretty tough stuff social workers police officers firefighters medics of all kinds this COVID season I'm sure has been a tough season I just wanted to take a moment to encourage you in your parenting It can be hard to know what to say to your kids, how to explain your emotions, the consequences of your job on you, and how you're processing all of it. Um, I'm the daughter of a police officer. I understand a little bit of what you see on a daily basis, the images you have in your head, the life stories you encounter, the violence that you meet, the people you help, and those that didn't make it. So how do you live with all of that and still help your kids find their next step with God? I I just wanted to add a few thoughts into here. Um, It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have a horrible shift and be exhausted and shaken. It is okay to say to your kids, I saw some hard stuff today and some pictures are stuck in my brain. And I got to spend some time with God to find my peace and talk about my day. And then I can come out and play. It's okay to say, I've got to help. I got to help. Like it was my privilege to help with someone who was raped today. But my heart aches for her. And I have a lot of emotions that I can't name yet. And I'd love for you to pray with me and pray for me. It's all right to say, we had three deaths tonight on the ward and I am so tired. Will you cuddle with me while I nap on the couch? I just need to reconnect with my family and feel loved and feel hugged by God at the same time to recharge a bit. Children don't need you to be perfect. They need to see how to cope with hard days. 
You never know what your children will be faced with one day. And by being okay to not be okay, you're giving them that permission and skill for the future. Another thing to remember is that God is co-parenting with you. When you can't be at home, God is with your kids. When you don't know why your kid is saying or doing something, God knows and can help you figure it out. When you are on a shift that isn't working for you, seeing your family a lot, God can help you find creative ways of staying connected emotionally and still being impactful spiritually. Um, I interviewed my dad about this, and uh, you might want to check out episode 15 to find out his tips of how to sort of spiritually parent and stay connected through shift work. Um, I just wanted to remind you that you aren't on your own on this. Uh, And I guess the last thing I just wanted to throw into your thought mix in this season is that you can create windows into your health protections. You are warriors of emotional and spiritual journeys because you've had to go on a journey of figuring out how to not let sadness overwhelm you or how to hang on to joy or how to leave work at the door or how to let go of what you can't control. And all of this is gold to a child or teenager. Uh, Don't forget to create windows and frame for your children what you do. I know one mom who was a firefighter who went for a run before her shift and she told her kids that it was so that she could talk to God and get her brain and heart ready to handle what was to come. And she began to notice that her teen son began running years later before revision because he said he found it helped him to start peacefully and to talk with God about to think through where to start and do it well. Whether it's when you read the Bible or how you pray on duty or how you fall asleep from a nightmare when a memory of the day comes up, you have so much you could show your child and frame the whys for them. What you learned after years of searching for balance and health can be their foundations, and so share that with them. There is so much more that I want to say, but I just wanted to take a moment to encourage you. It's okay to not be okay. God is co-parenting with you. Create windows and frame for your kids how God is woven into your life and work. Thank you for serving God in these realms of work. He is with you, and he is with your family as you do it. And I just wanted to pray for you before we go. God, I thank you for those who are on the front lines of the pain, the physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain, of keeping us safe in violence, of saving us from unexpected things like fire, those who walk into broken families. There are so many places of pain and fear and worry. And I pray right now that you would pour your peace upon them. I pray that you would fill them with your love, for those that they serve. I pray that you give them stamina and encouragement. I pray that you give them deep belly laughs every day, that the joy of the Lord would truly be their strength. I pray for their connection with their kids, that you would help their hearts turn towards their children and their children's hearts towards them, that whatever time they get together would be precious and connecting and powerful. I thank you for their call that you have placed on their lives. I pray that you would guard their hearts and minds with peace. And I thank you for the impact spiritually they make on their children. I pray that you give them words to speak, bravery to create windows into what they can, wisdom to know what to shield their children from. But most of all, God, I just pray that you would bless them as parents, as children of the living God, as loved ones of you. 
I pray that you would send your angels to protect them, that you would um, guard them with your truth, that you would fill them with your scripture, and that you would keep your hand on their back as they serve others and their family. In Jesus' name, amen. And last, a question to start an interesting conversation with your kid. What is one thing that you have changed your mind on about God? Mm, Have an interesting conversation. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Thank you.